Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Episode 12 of the Road to Berlin on this week's show. It's a big one. Hope you're uh, hope you're up for a longer episode because this week we definitely cover a bit of stuff. We uh, we cover our last weeks of training and we also cover the topic of injury. Um, no expert on this. I don't think either of us are qualified in the medical profession. So just take our advice with whatever you want to, but understand that we're not medical practitioners. But yeah, we have a pretty good chat around injury. Pretty good chat about around our training, and um, yeah, we also hit some listener questions that came in on Strava as we were recording. Thanks to Camilla for the question on injury. She emailed me through at bradytravel at gmail.com. Really appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> and yeah, six weeks to go. Things are things are starting to get a bit serious. Things are starting to get a bit closer. I really hope you enjoy this episode of The Road to Berlin, episode number 12 with myself, Brady Trellful, Julian Spence, and Bradley Croker. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Right, hey, fellas. Six weeks until the big dance. Uh, thanks for joining me again. Yeah. The one sounding a bit more enthusiastic than the other in the responses there. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't been a great week. <laughs> All right, Brad, give us an update. The listeners want to know what's happening with this injury. Um, so I guess Monday, so I ran 39K last Sunday and then um, got through it relatively pain-free. Achilles had a bit of crepitus in it. Um, and then I woke up on Monday and I had physio planned and driving to physio that morning, every time my foot went up and down on the clutch, I could just feel my, just the grating in my Achilles. Like it wasn't sore, but it was just obviously just full of fluid. So I went and had physio and um, he's, yeah, he's, he didn't think, it, he didn't think the Achilles was that bad, but obviously when there's crepitus there, something's not right. So I didn't run Monday. Um, and then Tuesday, it felt pretty good all day, and it's always felt really good. In the, like, I've never had morning pain or anything, so decided to go for a run Tuesday afternoon. Got through 45 minutes, pretty well pain-free, in normal shoes, but throughout the 45 minutes, I could feel my Achilles just swelling and just building with fluid as I went. So when I finished, I reckon my Achilles was about twice the thickness of it normally is, and it just... Um, just yeah, it was had pretty bad crepitus. So at that point, I decided that I was going to have pretty much the rest of the week off because I figure I'd had a pretty good run on the Sunday, and 
having a week off after close to a marathon um, wouldn't hurt me at all. So didn't run Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Decided to go and test it out yesterday afternoon. Like I, I still wasn't having any pain walking around. Still had crepitus in the mornings, um, but it wasn't painful. And then went for a run yesterday afternoon for 35 minutes, and um, I couldn't even run in normal shoes. I had to go back to the old um, hill cutout and managed 35 minutes. It wasn't, didn't feel great. Um, and then yeah, there was crepitus there at the end. Um, and off to see the doctor tomorrow morning. So um, I'm hoping he has a quick fix. Um, so I can be back running later this week. Uh, yeah, otherwise it's yeah, not looking so good. But um, I'm hoping that he thinks it's maybe bursa related, and he can just inject some cortisone into the bursa. So, um, but the last the last week has felt like a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. yeah well, with the um with the crepitus, is that from fluid in around the sheath in hardening or what is yeah, that? Th- well, I don't know. It- and this is where hopefully the doctor can give me more of an idea because I don't have any pain getting out of bed. I don't have any pain walking around. Um, it's just when I run or even sometimes if I just if I'm in normal running shoes and just walk with a heel in it, just walking around it hurts. Um, but then I take the shoes off and walk around, it's fine. So I'm hoping the doctor thinks that maybe the burst is aggravated and that's where any pressure on the heel is causing um pain um and because i think i've had i think i've had something similar to that before and he did actually inject cortisone into the bursa and it did settle it down mm, so that's yeah hopeful yeah so that that's where i'm at and you guys all know what it's like uh, seriously a week a week being injured does feel like a month especially when it's close to a race and um, I guess you just don't know how many more days you need to take off. So, um, yeah, so that's where that's where I'm at. <laughs> How's the headspace? Like, you're still, like, because you've done a mountain of work. So, on paper and probably fitness wise, you've still got it all sitting there. That just does, doesn't disappear in five days. No, no. And that's where I think, as I said, a week feels like a month. And so you feel like you're losing fitness a hell of a lot quicker than what you actually are. But it's, yeah, I, I still haven't had that long off. It's only been a week since I ran that 39K. So, I'm definitely, I definitely don't think I've lost any fitness. I, I certainly didn't feel good running yesterday just because um, I've been trying to actually stay off my foot. So I really haven't been moving around at all pretty much all last week. So then when I went out for a run, I was just so locked through my hips. It just didn't feel great. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll, um, yeah, we'll see how, see how it goes this week. Um, yeah, that's what I've got to keep telling myself that I have done the work and, I think I get a little bit annoyed at myself, wondering if I didn't run Tuesday and I didn't run yesterday, whether I would be right now. Um, but I guess you can't change this. There's no point no point dwelling on it. Yeah, and just yeah. Um, knowing your personality a bit, and I think I commented on someone's Strava post about it, but you're a very uh, probably routine, meticulous, likes to dot every single I exactly and cross every single T. Like I just working with you in that pacing job up at the Gold Coast, like you like to have everything to a T. So I can imagine, even though this isn't knocking you around too much by having a week off, it would be kind of doing your head in a bit. Yeah, and I did say in a previous podcast that I get a lot of confidence out of just sticking to a plan. Like even if the sessions within the plan aren't great, 
just ticking off those weeks of training gives me a lot of confidence. So then, even though I haven't lost any fitness physically, I guess it does knock you around mentally, knowing that I haven't stuck to the plan and knowing that you know the, the first week of when I get back running, the first two, three, four days are going to feel pretty ordinary. Um, but yes, I guess it's just a matter of me trying to trying to stay positive. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing any yeah. water running or like exercise, bike, or anything? No, when it comes to cross training, I'm always one of those people that initially, when I first have a niggle, I don't bother because sometimes I think going out and doing a cross, like if it's a small niggle and I go and cross train, maybe it's going to delay delay the time until I can run again. Um, because I figure if I'm if I'm on the bike or I'm doing water running, I'm still moving my foot up and down, so it's still it's still going to be working that tendon. So I figure that I'm better off doing absolutely nothing. And I really only get into cross training once I feel like it's, it's more for my mental health than anything. Yeah. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a massive fan of, of cross training. Yeah. Um, and I, I also think, especially if you don't do a lot of it, I'm more likely to get tight somewhere else. Like if I jump on the bike and try and ride for two hours when I haven't ridden for, well, since my last injury, I'm probably going to do more damage and other things will tighten up and I, it could lead to another injury down the track. Yeah. So, so uh, the doctors tomorrow, Tuesday, we're recording this on Monday night. So um, yep. what's the best case scenario? Are you going to go in, get a jab, are you going to be run on Wednesday? Or I haven't had a niggle like or jab before. So how's that work? Yeah. Um, he recommends 48 hours. So my appointment's uh, just before lunch tomorrow. So best case scenario, jabs me and I go out for a run on Thursday thursday afternoon and it feels amazing um and then we go from there yeah bang out mm-hmm. bang out monofart like friday morning Nah, i'd say it'll be just jogging the rest of the week yeah um and then I, I think the focus will then just be on probably just longer runs and some longer tempos i'm not worrying so much about the sharpening up and i'll probably just cut my taper a bit short now yeah if, um yeah so i I'd, I'd probably look at having so what will be five weeks next weekend so i'd probably look at having a good three to four week block and just having maybe a week week or so taper hmm. we could uh probably do a whole podcast on tapering in a few weeks time i reckon i was talking to josh harris about it yesterday and he's kind of a bit of a uh, fan of the short taper but i know there's probably yeah. conflicting um reports Either way, well, let's hope. Um, let's hope I'm not on a uh, seven-week taper. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. Might be a reverse taper. <laughs> right. Yeah. The um, the I just like on Brad's thing, Brad's um, injury. I reckon you kind of you almost have to have someone look at it who's not invested in this at all mm. to get to get a really um, uh, neutral opinion on it. And if someone was sitting back here and going, "Oh, Brad's only not run for." Four, four days or something and we're talking about changing the way he's training and doing a different sort of taper and like almost panicking to a degree um like looking at it as if you're on a knife edge and i think the seriousness of the injury maybe it is a little bit like that if it doesn't come good but an outside opinion would go oh it's only a few days it's no big deal just just relax think of it as a positive thing and um that's it. I reckon it's always good to have someone look in like that, yeah. and and there's probably everyone's listening now is going, oh shit! I had my best race when I injured six weeks out, and I didn't know yeah. what was going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And I, two things, I because I know there's a there's a um, topic that we're going to discuss a bit later on, and 
I'll just touch on a little bit of that now. There's a couple of things that I wrote down was, and one of those ones is exactly what you said, Julian, is like hand over control to somebody that you trust and somebody that isn't as emotionally invested as yourself. Um, so even yesterday, for example, I thought to myself, um, I ran for 35 minutes. It's a bit painful, but I can run. And if I had to, I could run on Monday and Tuesday morning before I see the doctor. And I thought to myself, maybe I'll just go and run for two, two and a half hours on Tuesday morning before I see the doc. Yeah, it won't be, it won't be enjoyable thinking that he'll just give me a, a cortisone jab and it'll miraculously go away. But um, a mate of mine who's a soft tissue therapist, I, I sort of said that to him. He's like, look, cortisone's no match for an angry tendon. So you're better off just not, you know, not running on it. Um, whereas, you know, me being so emotionally invested, is like, oh, I'll just, I'll just keep pushing, pushing. So, um, yeah, I think yeah. it's really important yeah. to, to hand, hand over the reins to either a coach or a doctor or somebody that you trust and just, yeah, and then you, you basically just do exactly what they say um, so then you don't have to think about it. And the other thing that I get a lot of confidence from is going through past training diaries where I have had injuries and I've missed either one week, two weeks, three weeks, six months, and just seeing how long it takes to actually get back. And there's often instances where I've missed a month where I've done maybe a little bit of cross training and within four weeks I'm actually running okay so I get a lot of confidence by going back and seeing times where I have had a hiccup but it hasn't affected me too much yeah definitely yeah and that's the beauty of keeping those diaries and stuff isn't it like seeing those trends that have happened in the past yeah 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 and um, I guess one benefit of but one, one benefit of a setback is um, you sort of get to then embrace that improvement in fitness again like you know when when you're fit you don't see a lot of improvement from session to session but if you're coming off a bit of a break it is it is a good feeling just seeing that gradual progression again of you know you're slowly getting slowly getting fitter um hopefully that's not the case this time around that i don't haven't lost that much that i see improvements but we'll see how we go um one thing i wanted to ask was what's your relationship like is this a sports doc you've seen in the past or do you have to go in and kind of explain that you're you know a pretty decent runner and try to paint that picture for him or have you already got that relationship there yeah yeah, i've seen him a few times he was the um canberra raiders team doctor for a long time Ah, beautiful so what what i like about him is knowing football doctors they like to get you back out you know, on the field as quick as possible. So um, they're only like 15, 20-minute consults, which is pretty standard, I suppose, for most doctors. But he does try and actually fix you there and then as opposed to saying, oh, I think we should go and get a scan and come back in two weeks. And, you know, so um, he will try something, I'm sure, tomorrow. Yeah, oh, that's good. It's not like you're going to wait for a scan for a week and a half and then they'll lose a scan and do another scan and all of a sudden it's September. It's not Aubrey, mate. That's what I know. Aubrey, I live in a tube of my mate, not Aubrey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I tried to get in. Tell you what, the locals aren't to... going to be happy with that comment, Julian. Aubrey, <laughs> you're already not well uh-huh. liked up here after those comments last week about me being soft and getting bike pacemakers. Oh, we'll get to that a bit later on, though. But, yeah, don't go booking on a holiday in a tube of my mate, anytime soon. Uh, I like Rich River. Yeah, well, you, I'm trying to get your band for life from the Mullen Bowling Club at the moment, but I'll, I'm sure I'll see, what, see what George Santos reckons about that in the next meeting. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry Brad, go on. Aubrey. I was just saying, I, I tried to get into him last week, but he's um 
he set up a new clinic, so he actually took all of last week off, so he wasn't seeing anybody, which wasn't uh, wasn't ideal. Yeah, right. Um, and I didn't want to, and I didn't want to go to anybody else either, just especially with Achilles. Like, if he does inject, like I trust him, whereas like I just wouldn't want another doctor injecting around my Achilles that I don't trust. So. No, spot on. That's why I asked the question because I was just thinking you don't want to start afresh with someone you've never met before and. Um, yeah, try to paint that whole story of where you've been the last couple of years in your running journey. Yeah, yep. Beautiful. Julian, big week from you. Anything else, Brad? No, no, no that's it. That's, that's me. Good. Kicking, I'm just kicking stones. Kicking the stones. <laughs> kicking stones and staying, trying to stay in one piece. Um, you've, right. you've sounded a bit grumpy on our messages. We're not getting much out of Brad anymore. When he was punching the big I've, sessions out... On our group message, he'd be all, all, he would he would make the message. Now we get one word yeah. responses. <laughs> I have I have been I have been grumpy, and uh, Viv will attest to that. She's uh, she's had to put up with a lot the last week. Uh, is she training the house down as well? That could really burn you if she's absolutely having a classic yeah. training week. She's running she's running more than I am anyway. All right, okay. Watch this space. We're going to be looking out for Strava on Thursday, Arvo. I reckon. Hmm. All right, Julian, talk about someone who's punching big weeks out. Over to you. Well, this this was a scheduled um, easy week for me. Volume-wise, I was just dropping it back a little bit. Um, on Monday, I think we recorded on Monday, and um, it was my scheduled day off. So uh, once a month, I just take this day off. That um, And it timed really well because I was, I was really sore after that trail race. Like my quads were beat up. My glutes, going uphill, the glutes seemed to do all the work, and going downhill, the quads, and they were both ruined on Monday. So I had a day off, um, and then on Tuesday, I just um, I just jogged really short because I was still really sore. So I only did nine k, um, really slow. So yeah, there was at the start, like the start of the week was almost. I mean, it's not a day off Tuesday, but it's very light. So sort of two days off and the way my scheduling's working at the moment is Sunday and Wednesday are hard days and I run easy on the rest of the days um, just because the, the Wednesdays, they are a, a longer session. Um, so I did I did a, a, one of my favourite sessions, um, the 10-mile tempo, so 16K and it's at, it's at marathon pace or slightly quicker. Uh, hopefully this will progress not faster but longer over the next six weeks. I'll do a, I think I'll do two more and I'll go a little longer. But um, this this one was good. It was in the uh, Vic Park, which is just a park in Ballarat, and um, on road and bike path. Um, it was like I I, I wanted I wanted to throw a challenge in there, and I made sure that I. I went up a hill three times, so it wasn't a massive hill, but uh, it's enough of when you're in that tempo mode, when you go uphill, you, you, you really notice it. It just throws you a little bit. So I added a few hills in there just to, to I guess, ruffle my feathers a bit because that's, for me, a lot of marathon training is about, like we talked about last week, being really comfortable when you're feeling uncomfortable and trying to... I guess give yourself the perfect conditions for every single workout. It doesn't always lead to toughening up. Um, 
And so this workout, I just tried to make it a little bit, a little bit more um, challenging than it would be if I just went around in circles on a flat, a flat track. So we climbed 80 meters um, for the the 16k, which isn't huge, but I think Berlin Marathon climbs 100 over 42k. So it's it's really really flat, and and this this tempo you would sort of consider a bit of a slightly hillier tempo. Um, and I averaged 315, which is a PB for that workout, but I wasn't overly concerned with the pace because I, I I wanted to go by feel and. Um, well, like at the end, although it was a PB for pace, it was also the best I've ever felt at these workouts before. So I nailed, um, I've nailed a few of these where I've, I've run maybe three seventeens or three eighteens, but the last few K have been hands on the knees kind of stuff at the end where I was really cooked. And I, you don't get confidence from that because <laughs> you've only gone 16 K and, and yet the idea is that you have to, to run like another 28k or something like that um so 26k and there's no way i could have done it in the past but but for this uh, this run i finished and i felt hey i could have i could have gone further then and and it was a great feeling um so yeah that was a that was a good workout and then with these workouts they're quite taxing on the body when you you're running that long that hard for that long so um Thursday and Friday, I, I just went went easy, and even Saturday, I just went easy too. So uh, I wasn't too concerned with mileage this week. I was just going to run to feel. Um, if I felt terrible, I would I would run less. And because recovery has been more important to me, I've just been breaking my um my doubles up to be with less of a a taxing double. So when double, I mean like running twice in a day. Instead of going 16k and 7k, I've been going more like, oh, what have I done in the past? So um, oh, I ran just with Bree like 14k and 8k, or um, 10k and 10k, just because it, it really helps with recovery. It's not as taxing. You, you're not depleting yourself, and um, you're actually getting you're getting an aerobic benefit, but that's not really the point of these training weeks for me. The, the workouts are, are, where, are where the progression and development's at for me. Um, so I wanted to feel good for Sunday. And Sunday I was up in Melbourne um, because I was, we were going to the footy. And I went out and did 30K harder than I normally run. Um, again, last time I did this, I went harder because the point of the 30K for me was to just to deplete myself um, I ran about two hours. Oh yeah, I did it in just under two hours, and then I changed shoes, put on the um, marathon shoes, and I did a, a three by three k with a k float, um, which was a slight progression on the the last long long run workout I did, which was four by two k, uh, and they 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 went really well. So. I didn't even mean to, for it to go to get progressive and fast like that. It's just what felt comfortable, and the the floats felt like I was jogging. So I was really happy. Um, so that was Sunday, and then I didn't I didn't run twice because, well, by that stage I had a few beers at the footy, and and it was a down week, so I didn't have to. So yeah, my week my week was pretty good. I hit the two sessions I needed to. And. Um... 
so obviously because I was paying attention in Strava throughout the week and I was noticing that it was uh, pretty kind of back off in between those big sessions. So do you sit down at the start of the week and say like the main A focus for this week is just hitting those two sessions and everything else kind of works towards getting those two sessions done? Yeah. So in, in, in this phase of where I'm at or where I see my program, it's all about those two workouts and every run that I do around it is either recovering from it or preparing me for it. So like Saturday, I, I went out and, and jogged and did some strides, basically just trying to get me a um, bit of a shakeout for the workout on um, Sunday. And then today, oh well, what we'll say last kind of on Thursday, it was just jogging, really simple jogging. So I'm not going for aerobic, big aerobic gains from my easy running. I'm just going for recovery and a bit of aerobic maintenance, I guess. Yeah. And then in the, yeah. And to tick the legs over and get that junk out of the legs in between kind of thing more than anything. Yeah, that's right. So those, those workouts are what's getting me marathon fit. Yes. Got a couple of questions about some of those workouts. Um, go back to that. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Tuesday, the tempo. Um, do you reckon that when, heart rate? Wednesday, yeah. Wednesday. Do you reckon that heart rate was right? 158? Because if it is, that's oh, good signs. I haven't. Let me go back. I have. I, I know you wrote that, and I was like, oh, I don't even look now because I just don't trust it enough. Um, yeah, but remember last week it was pretty accurate, I reckon. I reckon it's picking up. If, if that's, <laughs> and my capillaries are getting bigger. <laughs> if you're running 315s at 158, you are fine, I reckon. Where does it say heart rate? I love oh, how like, like, that was the first thing I checked and you haven't checked and it was like a week ago. Oh, it's pretty – is that the red line, heart rate? Oh, I didn't actually click on it. I just looked at the bottom. I'm just loading it up now as well. Oh, the red line's pretty erratic though. Um, Hang on, red line. It does? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. That's, not, that's not right. Oh. That goes up pretty high. Oh, no, that's like one – no, no. That, it, the heart rate climbs when I go uphill, which is right, and yeah. then it plateaus down that hill. I don't know whether that's right. Jeez, it's actually pretty close, isn't it? It's, um, it looks erratic, but it's not that. Because, yeah, you're right. If it's at one, like 174 is kind of your highest point, if that's where the hill is, that would make sense. And then it kind yeah, of settles that's... back at 160 ish. Yeah. Jeez. And it's sort of around 160. And that's pretty flat at the end. And yeah, it was a good day. I, I actually felt like that would be my heart rate because I was jogging along going, geez, I could make this 20K if I wanted. But I didn't want to. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I would expect that heart rate to be pretty close, I reckon. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, the podcast forums are correct. Julian Spence is just uh, paying about $1.01 to take out Berlin, I reckon. Uh, yeah, right. Um, I, I, like I said, I've done these workouts before and it wasn't reflective of my marathon pace. <laughs> hey, uh, the shoes, give us a shoe update. You wore them for the oh, first yeah. time. All right. So the shoes, the shoes are different. To the the Zoom Fly, I've got this is the Vaporfly four percent we're talking about. Um, they are very spongy in the heel, and they're not quite as rocket or snappy in the forefoot as the Zoom Fly. So they're really unstable because of how narrow they are through the midfoot. And I've got a bit, quite a flat foot, and I pronate a lot. And this shoe is not stable for me. Like <laughs> my. But that said, that doesn't, that's not necessarily a, that much of a problem. Um, it's just if, you, like, for instance, at my, my mate Jared, he, he pronates massively and he gets, he gets some issues from that. 
um, it's sort of when he's when he's in lightweight neutral shoes or racing flats, he's, he tends to get I think sore ankles um, and his calves get really sore. So there'll be some people that these shoes don't work for, but geez, they 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 did feel nice out there. They, like that cushion and that. I'm not, I don't like racing flats in general. They're always a bit hard for me. So when I found something this light that's this soft, it's a it's a win. Do you put that down to uh, why that session went so well? Could be. Could be. You've had you've had done <laughs> two good not. sessions in them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's what I was. I don't know. Surely your heart rate's not that like affected by them. Yeah. Well, yeah. You never know. Performance enhancing. And you went out and bought three more pairs, didn't you? <laughs> I, uh, no, I bought one more pair, and um, I was gifted a pair. But that pair is going to go in a actually on display in the store. It was Col- Collis gave me a pair, Collis Birmingham, and he um, he he got them for the the Breaking Two project where he was a pacer. So I'm not going to wear that one. I'm just going to get him to sign it and get a big image of him in the event and put it up in the store because that's like one of the most unique things in running. Mm. That's the pair he actually awesome. ran in on the day. Oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Definitely tell people that. I think he wore them on the day of the race. Yeah, yeah. I watched the footage no. and he was in them. This is the same color. Yeah, that black color. Yeah. Yeah. Does he like him? Have you spoken to him about it? Yeah, he does. Um, he he does like him. He said his calves pull up really well from them. Uh, he's, I've, I've seen him do sessions on the track in them, like when he was away. Um, he's just trying to sort of they, – they break down pretty quick, so he needs to be – there's not that many out there. Even like the big dogs have trouble getting onto them. So um, he's just trying to string his out a little bit, I think. And you've got three pairs. <laughs> I've got two pairs and a display pair. Yeah. If um, anyone's looking for um I think that my – my mate who owns the running company Bondi Beach, he's still got a few pairs. It, it might be worth a phone call. Oh, yeah. Drawing up some business for him. Um, I, se- <laughs> I sent you a few questions because I also had a pair delivered to my house on Thursday, but I've just boxed them and just put them up the top of the wardrobe because I don't know when to pull them out. And I was waiting to kind of see. So you, you only wear them on the road, don't you? Like, there's no good pulling them out for a trail, monofartlet kind of thing. I don't think so. I think this shoe needs a road because it's so soft and it's really quite unstable. I can't even, I'm not very good at corners in them. That has to be quite an, a, like a wide arc because um, of how unstable they are. So you remember in the footage of Amy Craig wearing them in the um, world champs marathon, there's a, there's a few images and some footage of her going around the U-turns like the, the cones and it's not good. she nearly breaks her ankle every time so just yeah just if you get a nice straight line or you're doing a tempo run i'd even put them on for some straight strides but keep them on the road you don't want to put a shoe like that on a trail that's not that's that's not artistic yeah yeah and you jump straight to 16 canum so there's no problem with that no i'm good i i do that with all my shoes I'm worried that if I wear them, like, they'll just be worn out after, like, two sessions and I have to buy another pair before Berlin. That's why I got another pair. They're the ones that are sitting on my shelf and I've got my wearing pair. You make too much money in the shoe business, mate. We can't all afford two pairs of $350 shoes, eh? Well, rent will be late this week. 
<laughs> yeah, right. Prices are going up at Ballarat Running Company. Yeah, that's right. Um, let's get on to that Sunday session because that's pretty meaty. Like that nearly broke Strava yesterday when you uploaded that one. Plenty of good comments there. Yeah, I'm, like I get that it looks good, but it's really not overboard. I don't think so anyway. Um, I didn't feel when I set the session that it was that overboard or that it was a fantastic benchmark session or anything. I just I feel like it's a, a steady long run, and you've got to remember that I'm not running hard Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. So I get to Sunday, and that's my opportunity to run a bit harder. Um, so on Sunday morning, I can go out there and, and I can actually uh, work a bit, and it, I'm supposed to because that's my work day. So um, the 30K progression was, again, put myself a little bit more uncomfortable by the time the reps came around. Um, I had um, Herdy, Simon, my mate on the bike, he, um, he, he talked the entire time, which was good. <laughs> Didn't have to worry about that. And um, we just headed out on the, the trails, went across the tan. It was packed. It was gross, actually. I'd never run there in, on a weekend in Melbourne. I nearly hit about six dogs and cramped and oh, awful. Um, and then we got back to Albert Park, and he, he's got a sort of track that he uses there. So just went up and down this cycleway and really didn't even – like I was talking to him for, for pretty much the entire session. So it, <laughs> although it looks great, it, it wasn't – to me, it's just like, oh, that was, that was good, but it wasn't, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to do fantastic things. It's like tick the box focus on recovery for three days. That's my, my goal, focus. The focus is all on what I do between the sessions now and trying not to, to cook myself. Mm. I've got uh, two, two comments, Julian. Actually, three. Break firstly, him open, um, Break him open. <laughs> firstly, great session. Um, Thank you. Yeah, it's very, very good. Um, secondly, did you – how much nutrition did you have? Uh, had a gel at – 16, another gel at 30, and a gel at um, 39 yeah, or 38. Cool. Yeah. And the Three last gels. one, I um, if my memory serves me correctly, you were ripping into uh, my mate Brady last week about um, doing a, a tough session with somebody on the bike. Do you think you <laughs> yeah, would have well, got more? Would have you got more out of Sunday if you did it solo? Good question, Brad. Uh, <laughs> just shit stirring. Well, <laughs> I had one, one fella on the bike who rode next to me, not an echelon or a, a flying V in front of me. So <laughs> I, I, say, I had a Tesla with like a hyperbeam coming off the end of it. <laughs> it looks like it, yeah. No, um, I, I was happy with that. I do enough solo stuff like Brady. I've got the yeah. same response. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I did, I did get a bit of attitude. I got a lot of people commenting on that comment from last week, actually. There was a few people in my corner there. So, But you did retract those comments pretty quick when I started telling you how many sessions I do by myself, I think. Yeah, I know. I just um, don't want you to go the easy option all the time. Nah, and I'll talk about that a bit <laughs> later on. But um, how long was the break you had in between the 30K and the 3Ks? Oh, it was probably about like three or four minutes. Just yeah. got back put a singlet on instead of a t-shirt because it was hot um oh what did i do had a gel and then ran so not not a big break i needed to i was kind of under the pump for time so i, could, I needed to get it done 
you weren't tempted just to like roll those three Ks in the heavies, like, and because you went pretty quick, you still would have been able to hold pretty good pace in heavy shoes and keep it all rolling into one run. Yeah, it was more a test. I still tested the shoes a bit yeah, to see okay. how they feel when my legs are really tired, because um, they're a bit squashy through the heel. Uh, I have this conversation a lot, or disagreement with Mona. He his theory on shoes is. If he's racing, he wants the thinnest, lightest pair that he can possibly find, which which is based. He said he would run barefoot if he could in a marathon because when you start fatiguing and you you, you don't want to be sinking into the shoes and, and you want as much response as you can, um, whereas my school of thought on it is the, the foam and the heel offset and the the shock absorption you get from having cushioning prevents you from or delays you from getting that much fatigue and looks after your legs a little more. Um, so we have this recurring argument about shoes. <laughs> Not an argument, but more a discussion. And um, so, yeah, <laughs> it's quite a different opinion. Hmm. Hey, um, was that a Game of Thrones reference in one of the comments as well? Nice to leave the night's yeah. watch for a work. Yeah, do you watch Game of Thrones? Yeah, I um I went and got that foxtail thing for the world champs, and then I realised that we could watch it on there. Oh, so, so you, oh, I thought you were being bagging me out every Monday night for the last month about watching it. No, I get bagged out because your girlfriend drags you away from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why we're a bit late today, boys. Game of Thrones before, tell me your tales any day of the week, I reckon. Um, that, oh, was, yeah. that was a good gag in there, though. One of your better gags for the last eight weeks, I reckon. Oh, well, I, I work on them. I practice with Bree beforehand. Yeah. Um, oh, one last thing to <laughs> practically break. One last thing before we move on from that session. Did you have a specific pace to run that 30K at, or I can kick it down to, or was that just on feel? I, was, I wanted to run about four minutes a K. Yeah. Um, okay. But I couldn't get going early. I was, yeah. <laughs> and so then I had to go a bit faster to kind of get the average down. But in the end, I wasn't really looking. I was just ticking along. When you've got someone on the bike with you, 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 you do run a bit faster. They, they drag you along a bit. You don't, mm. you don't want to feel like you hold them up. So you tend to tick along. And, geez, it was crowded out there. So uh, it's, uh, I needed to sort of needed to be looking good when I ran past everyone. Did you have exact race kit on, like shorts and singlet as well, everything? Nah, in the on the 30K, I was just cruising, um, just T-shirt, but then oh, I was very that. tempted to take my shirt off when I did the reps. It was warm, It was nearly warm enough. Yeah, it's August as well. Yeah, that's good signs. Oh, it's good out there, yeah. Uh, good work. And you feeling all good, pulled up well this morning from that one? I'm pretty sore, like pretty tired. Just there's no way I could be doing a workout tomorrow. Um, I'm just really like fatigued from that. It was 42K all up and um, it was – like that's a good load of work so i need to recover properly now and just really easy slow running who'd you go see at the footy um melbourne st kilda but i don't barrack for either of them breeze friends or my friends as well they they got us into the mcc members and um we had dinner like a sit-down dinner and afternoon tea it was pretty glamorous yeah right good good work living the high life over at your end yeah, it was a long day in the end. After 42, sitting on those seats, just going, oh, my ass hurts right now. Smashing beers. 
Probably not the best. Yeah, well, you can't drink out there. You can't drink outside in the members. You it's need, a dry area. Need a collar to get in too, don't you? You need a you need a jacket and a tie to get in. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Uh, very good. So, good up. week, though, Julian. Very good week. Thanks, Brad. I'm sorry to sorry to have a good week while you're having a shit week. That's all right. Yeah, I thought it was a good week. I knew it was coming too, like checking Strava and just a few quiet days from you. I'm like, I didn't want to ask you either before you did it. I'm just like, I wanted the surprise to check Strava and see what the monster session was going to be Sunday morning. Yeah, it wasn't a monster. It wasn't. Trust me, that ain't a monster. You could do that tomorrow if you wanted. Yeah, I was talking to a few boys on another um, Facebook messenger group today, though, and just, everyone's pretty impressed with it. Someone even stated today they would take that in two separate sessions like give me 30k at sub fours or give me the 3k reps at that pace and that's a good session but anyway that's good mm, it's it was it was remarkably unimpressive when i was out there doing it put it that way <laughs> yeah nah, that's good work well done um i'll get Thanks. on i'll get on no worries i'll get on to my week and then we'll uh, we'll get on to this topic of injury for the week it's good to see that brad's yeah. come prepared with some notes as well well done brad no worries <laughs> Um, I don't have Monday. a job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that on here. <laughs> he probably hasn't even handed his hand in his letter yet, and your your name. Uh. <laughs> um, Monday for me, I was pretty stuffed after the weekend, so I had that big weekend last week with that eighteen k tempo and that thirty six k. So Monday was uh, just down with the social group on Monday night. Actually, got dropped by three locals. It was. Uh, few guys were doing some 1k reps so uh they ran away from me which doesn't really happen much up here in Echuca Moama but it was good to see them banging out some 1k reps around scenic drive which was uh yeah good for a Monday night Tuesday oh Tuesday was a real interesting day Carly my partner was meant to have a nose operation so um she'd kind of taken two weeks off work uh booked into the surgeon down in Castlemaine I'd taken a couple of days off work to look after her Drove down there, kind of uh, sent her into the hospital. I didn't send her in. I went in with her to the hospital and then was all organised to pick her up at 10.30 on Wednesday and drove back to my parents' house in Bendigo and just started doing some schoolwork and then got the phone call to come and pick her up and, yeah, the surgeon wasn't happy and he uh, rescheduled for October. So I drove back to Castlemaine, picked her up, and then we drove back to Echuca and got home at about 5 o'clock. So it was a pretty interesting day and kind of threw me out a bit because I was kind of banking on having a few pretty chilled out days not having to go to work but um yeah we I was back to work on Wednesday but my session Tuesday night was 10 by 1k and yeah I think I said it last week I was feeling it a bit from the weekend really heavy and kind of warmed up and just felt heavy like felt fit but just super heavy so kind of gave myself permission we always try to run the 1k reps off like rhythm and form that's my coach always just drums that into me and always kind of just says try to run them at 10k pace or a pace that you can sustain rather than being like bent over and really buggered like you would be um kind of 5k pace so went in into it after i guess that albert park 10k was my most recent one kind of thinking that anywhere from 303 to kind of 305 would be a bit of a pass mark and yeah ran the first one in 259 and then went back in 258 and then kind of held that i think my slowest one for the the day was 301 and my fastest was 257 and just felt really smooth i know i talked about it last week but i chucked those lunar races on again and just a bit of that extra kind of cushion and yeah it felt amazing and just one of those sessions where i think you touched on it the other week julian when you were doing like 
25 400s or whatever it was that you just really got to be switched on mentally and it's a bit of a bit of a mind game doing 10 by 1ks especially i was doing solo like out the industrial estate just kind of 1k out 1k back with the minute recovery and it's just all it almost i don't know i almost get a bit frightened from that session because i'm so used to doing eight um you almost got to constantly hold back because you don't want to. You're not sure if you're going to blow or if it's going to come on really quick. Yeah. So, really, I was super happy with that. So, average two fifty nine, and as I said, like lead, the day was just all over the place. Like probably spent uh, probably five hours in the car, and the mind was a bit all over the place, thinking that I was meant to be having the next two days off, and you know a bit worried about Carly and this operation, and then going to pick her up half an hour later, kind of thing. So was really expecting a shocker and um, turned into be a really good session, which I was quite happy with. Uh, Wednesday, oh, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was smooth and good. And it was, where would I do these sessions out, this like Moama Industrial Estate? It's kind of pretty depresso and kind of it's a bit of a U-shape when you do these 1Ks. So if it's windy, it's a bit of a, yeah, tough day out. But it was one of the very rare still nights you get out there. So I kind of just enjoyed it and... The nights are just going a bit longer at the moment, a bit lighter, and it was just a, yeah, it was a good session to bang out. Um, Wednesday morning, got out at 5 a.m. again to get that 25K done. Was a bit slower than past week, so I averaged kind of 4.18, whereas I've probably been about 4.10s and sub a bit quicker than that in the past weeks, but, you know, no real purpose to hit that at any certain pace. It's just, you know, go on feel, so it's good to get that out. Uh, Wednesday, Arvo, was super heavy, just got out for 8K at... 437 and that's probably been a bit of a common thread i feel my days in between the sessions i'm just pretty cooked and then almost worry about how i'm going to back up for a session the next day but just seem to be pulling it together just at the last minute um thursday day off work did 10k in the morning and then talked to my coach during the day and we had monofartlek on the plan and we made the decision just to kick it back a bit so we looked at the last probably three sessions i've done and i always rate my sessions rather great good or poor and there was probably some sessions that we had a few kind of great sessions in our eyes um that were hitting and we don't want to get into the pattern of having great sessions and then poor sessions like i'd rather have three months of good sessions no amazing ones no poor ones and um, we kind of made the decision to drop this one back to a good session, not try to smash it out of the ballpark because I knew I had a big session plan for Saturday. So went into Montefartlek and really switched it off. And yeah, I still, oh, I hit 6.47 on my watch and then I looked down at 20 minutes and I knew Strava was going to round it down to 6.4 if I didn't run the extra 30 metres. So I um, banged out the extra 30 metres just to get it at 6.50 and that, yeah, it surprised me. I kind of messaged the coach straight away and it was like, I think my PB for that session's maybe 6.56. So, um, yeah, to be kind of 100 metres off my best when I was intentionally backing off was a was a really good sign. Um, what do we do? Yeah, then what are we? Friday, got out for easy 12K in the morning. So I'm kind of doing the opposite to you, Julian, and someone wrote in, asking yeah kind of how we're different here so i kind of wanted to go into saturday reasonably heavy off my jogging so i did 12k in the morning friday and then 16k in the afternoon so kind of a a recovery day but still getting 28ks in the legs and then um 
what did we do? Oh, Saturday morning. They are my bike buddies, all my pacemakers, they wanted to break 20 minutes for park run. They've been training for the last couple of months to break 20 minutes. So um, I said to them whenever they wanted to have a go at it, I'd be more than happy to pace them. So went down to park run and put the uh, put the vest on as the official pacer for Chukamoema Park Run. And yeah, um, did about a K warm up just because I wasn't sure if I'd be able to bang out a sub four straight out of the car. And yeah, nearly stuffed it up like the Gold Coast, Brad. We nearly nearly got in trouble again. I um, took them through the first K in about 3.48, just banked, banked 12 seconds straight up. And then, um, yeah, we, we got one guy over the line, Benny Walker. He ran, um, what did he run? I think 19.31. But the other guy, Ben Pearson, he stopped for a spew at 4.5K. Still ran a PB, but um, well, he didn't, nothing come up. Bit of a dry reach, but he didn't die wondering, kind of threw it out there and then just didn't make it. So... Yeah, that Probably was the first K, I reckon. <laughs> nah, the pacemaking was on point. We just settled things after <laughs> that. But I looked down at my watch after like 200 and we're going like 325 pace. And I was like, yeah, need to, um, need to pull this back pretty quick. But that was good to kind of get down. That's, you know, I'll get me kicks out of doing that stuff in the community. And we could talk all day about, especially watching the world champs this time around. It hasn't really done much for me. But, I'd, yeah, I get much more out of going down and helping guys break 20 for the first time at my local park run than sitting on the couch at 5am in the morning watching some of these guys who are probably doped to their eyeballs. But that's a conversation for another podcast, I reckon. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> controversial. Uh, so yeah. then Saturday... I thought, it would have been, I thought it would have been somebody else saying that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, put, I'll put Julian... I didn't, I didn't mention any names. I'm not getting done for defamation or anything. But, yeah, that's just probably, yeah. That's just probably where I'm at. And, Julian, I reckon you'd agree. You're a community man in Ballarat. And, yeah, I... I get my kicks out of that stuff now. I oh well, it's it's my it's my life now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I talk running to to all sorts of runners all day long. It's just what we do. And even with the podcast as well, like I was down there, just finished pacing these guys, and Mal, like a, a regular kind of listener, and uh, he just bangs out park run every week, and he's at all our kind of social runs. He was kind of taking interest in what session I was doing that afternoon, and, and it was blowing a gale up here on Saturday, and I told him what my session was, and he asked me who I had pacing on the bike, and I'm going, nah, I don't have anyone this week. I want to harden up and do it by myself, and he's kind of getting into me going, oh, Julian's got to you. He's got to you after the podcast last week. And he's like, so having a bit of dance with those guys, is um yeah that's that's the stuff I love in running. But back to the point, mm. my session was 16k at marathon pace into 5k in 16 dead was the plan on paper. So um went out to the industrial estate again and it was pretty windy. But where we kind of run out there, it's a it's a rectangle, so kind of 300 meters along one straight, 600 up, 300 the top straight, 600 down, and it was coming across. So we only really well I only had the headwind. Uh, for the 300 metre straight and it was kind of going across and the tailwind for the 300 up the top half but it was pretty lucky if you go out there and it's coming a headwind or a tailwind you got it for those 600 metre straights and it's just brutal and slows you down a bit but um, yeah it was good kind of uh, I wish I could say that marathon pace felt as good as it sounded like yours did last week Julian but yeah it was it was in between that yeah I don't know it still didn't I didn't feel like I could hold that pace for um, 42k. I was probably just on the edge. And probably looking at my splits, there was probably, you know, more 317s, 318s, 316s than there was yeah. 319s, 320. I think the slowest k was 321. So, um, what was what was the like before you went in? Before you started the the, 
the run? Like, what did the coach have? What are you doing today? What was the plan? Yeah, I've got it down here on a piece of paper here. Six, oh, hang on, was it the 12th? Yep. 16K at 16.40 for 5K splits, and then last 5K yep. at 16 dead. And I just added on the 100 metres to get the half marathon split. Of course and you I, did. And I told him that, and he wrote back going, ha-ha, I knew you'd do exactly that. So um, <laughs> I think he just sometimes puts those sessions in there, so just to let me do it. Um, so, yeah, so it was, it was thereabouts. I think that wind probably banged me up a bit just kind of going into that. And mentally, again, like kind of like the – 1k as i was kind of you know you're six or seven k into that session and you've been working for you know a decent mm-hmm. chunk of time already and you're like i've still got 8k to go here until i start kicking this down like it's and then the grind the kick down wasn't i tried to make sure i'd gradually kind of just get into it rather than i didn't want to run like a 303 and just cook myself for the last 4k so um just yeah slowly tried to grind into it and yeah, probably, you know, it wasn't special. The last K was kind of 313. I was working pretty hard to, to get that 313, whereas I would have liked to been kind of still still clipping away at that pace. But, yeah, in the end, it was a half marathon in 69.11. Heart rate was 165, which is generally where it's been for me the last three weeks for those kind of sessions. Um, yeah, look, there's no problems me running 69 dead for a half marathon at the moment, but it's not... You know, no no one gets worried about the first 21K in the marathon. It's what happens after that. So sessions like this are preparing me to do the the 25, the 30K ones where I think – have you guys listened to that RAF interview? No. Yeah, I did. Yeah, like where he was talking about trying to – you want to get close to the fire but not get burnt kind of thing for the marathon preparation. I thought that was a pretty good analogy. So, yeah, this yeah. stuff's getting me ready to, to get myself close to the fire. Um, yeah. practice the I think it's a good workout. Yeah, it's a good. That's the first time I've done this stuff. Like my first marathon prep was, we'd do a lot of 15k stuff around around this kind of stuff, where I might go 320 into 310 and then hold that for 15. But I'm liking this, you know, minimum kind of 20k to give myself a bit of a taste of it. And I'd like to think that, you know, if I can do a 69.10 off, you know, 10 by 1k as Monofartlek, 28k the day before by myself on a windy day after, you know, scooting around park run in the morning that I'd, I'd like to think I could run 70 dead for the first half at Berlin and be really, really relaxed. Um, but still, I still think, you know, there's one thing to say that, but there's another thing to be able to still do it for another 21K. Like it's, that's where the trouble comes after after another 10K on top of that. So yeah, I'm uh, aware that there's still a bit of work to be done there. Practice the drinks and stuff, just put the old pop tops on the, on the top of my car and yeah, ran past them a couple of times and grabbed those, stuffed up a gel, which was good, kind of ripped it open and half it went flying over my arm. So I'm like trying to lick my arm to get a bit of sodium and caffeine in. So they, those power bar ones, they open just super easy. So I've got to, uh, got to watch that on race day. Otherwise I'm going to wear half of one. Um, but it's, yeah, it's this place where we do them is just depress our ass. There's no glamour about it. There's all these factories set out there. So no one's working on like a Saturday, but they've all got kind of like guard dogs and stuff. So you run past one of these factories and there's like, I reckon, 10 pit bulls just in the factory yard. And here I am going past every 2K and all these pit bulls are just yapping at the fence. And you kind of, yeah, it's, it's kind of fun. You're just, you're just setting these pit bulls off every, every uh, six minutes you go around the corner. They love it. But um, yeah, pretty depresso out there. That's good. To, good to knock that one over. And then yesterday, just went out to Barma Forest. So yeah, kind of got this six k 
uh, 6k kind of loop so it's um, just kind of sandy in the pine forest there and Tarly's just coming back from an injury so I was out there by myself and just chucked the iPod on and just turned off my pace and I had my heart rate monitor on but didn't really want to look at it and just felt wanted to go at a pace that felt really comfortable and yeah finished that off and it was 37k at 357s which was the same as what I ran the week before 357k pace for 36 but this one just felt much smoother like there was no bonk and I was kind of cacking myself a bit I took some drinks out and put them on the roof of my car and some gels and stuff and just a bit worried that I might need to uh, pick them up if things go pear-shaped but it was yeah very comfortable so Big week for me, 202Ks, that's the that's a new record, I've never done 200K before and you know, three good sessions with the majority of them of on tired legs, so um, yeah, very happy and I'm going into my kind of absorb week this week, so I'm happy to have that behind me. Four sessions, I reckon. The long run you count as a session? Yeah, I'm counting that as a session. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was funny because... Yeah, it was this 6K loop and just, I had in my head, I was just looking at how, like, my stopwatch every 6K and I was kind of getting a bit, you know, something, there was some good, I had I had my old iPod and I had some old kind of, like, block party and old Kanye West and a bit of, like, Watch the Throne with Jay-Z and stuff like that and I was almost getting a bit antsy thinking, I reckon I could really grind out this last 6K lap if I wanted to and really had to really had to hold myself back and had, had yeah to be honest like my heart rate was still pretty high I think it was the heart rate shows I was probably working like it was a bit of a session but my mind space was definitely yeah, pretty pretty reserved and I felt like I you know if it was maybe one of those kick down ones where we had in the plan to go out to the road and and bang you know 3k hard I'd feel pretty confident I could have been able to do that so yeah good signs and feeling good at this end. Mm, good on you. Yeah, it is a massive week. Mm. And, uh, yeah, just you're gonna. What are you gonna follow this up with? An easy week. This is my yeah. This is my rostered week, easy week this week. So, and the coach is on to me. Like this is where I get carried away. Like I sent him a message Saturday and just said, you know, because I know I'll message him Wednesday and be like, oh, what do you reckon? Maybe I could do like a 35k kickdown or something like that. And he just knows something's gonna happen. I've just said, don't let me do anything stupid this week. I've just got to. Yeah, I'm looking at my program now, my weeks, yeah, nothing. Pretty much some strides tomorrow night, some uh, 400s on Thursday, 5K park run Saturday, and, uh, you know, hour probably, or 25K on Sunday. Like, that's, yeah, pretty soft. And then, yeah, looking ahead, then I'll have two more bigger weeks again, and then another another easy week, and then um, this will probably change. But, yeah, I've kind of yeah, got two big big weeks where on the Saturdays they'll be those those Canova kind of um, um sessions. So, yeah, it's uh, it's all going in the right direction. I've just got to be patient and stay in one piece. Very good. Very good. Rightio, let's get to injury, hey? No, nah, I'm good. I'm good without injury. <laughs> let's not get one. Let's just talk about not getting one. Um, this was a question sent in from Camilla. Let me read it. Uh, here we go. I'd love to hear something about some people who have had significant injury issues, how they've overcome them, how they've cross-trained or kept fit, or if they had to take a complete break from running, and really importantly, their journey back to competitive running and maintaining their racing confidence or getting it back during this time. Uh, yeah, that's it. Brad, you got some notes? 
Um, yeah, I've touched on a, a fair bit of it already. Um, I'll just quickly list off what I had. First one, as I've already discussed, was I guess hand. I have a plan in the first place, but hand over that plan to somebody that you trust, um, and it's going to I guess do the best thing for you because, as I said before, um, us runners are so emotionally invested that um, we, we can't we can't manage ourselves when it comes to injury. So have a plan, hand it over to somebody else and just follow what they say. Um, I guess <laughs> I like, I shouldn't be giving this advice because <laughs> everything I say, I'm not doing, but, um, Veer threw you under the bus on this, on the girls podcast last <laughs> week with this one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like try not to dwell on it too much. Cause as I said, like the last week has felt like a month. And so I feel like I've lost a lot more fitness than I have. Um, you know, it's only been a week, but it just feels, feels like it's been forever because, I've just been dwelling on it. Um, as I said, I like to go through some old training diaries just to give myself confidence that, you know, there's been periods where I've missed a month and within four or five weeks, I'm actually running pretty well again. Um, be re- be realistic when you return. So don't, don't rush back. Um, sort of enjoy the process of slowly regaining fitness. Um, and I guess for me, cross-training, I... I used to do probably more cross training when I was a middle distance runner because um, I found I could probably, uh, you know, pull running and in intense sessions on the bike, I could probably tap into those energy systems a little bit easier. Whereas for a marathoner, obviously it's a lot of aerobic work and um, like I don't I don't want to sit on a stationary bike for two and a half hours. Um, so I, I haven't done a lot of cross training like since being a marathoner and I only really do that more for just my mental health than anything. Um, and one thing I guess I'm sort of learning this time around is I think it's really important to have balance. Um, I'm, I've been really guilty in, in the last probably year and a half since I've changed jobs that my job hasn't been satisfying. And so I've almost treated myself as a full-time athlete because I don't get any satisfaction out of work. And so when you're running well, that's great because you just put all your energy into the running and you can – sort of, you know, duck out of work whenever you feel like it, if you're not that focused and, um, you know, do all the recovery stuff. But then when things go pear-shaped, if you've got nothing else in your life, it, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty pretty bad place to be. So that's actually triggered recently, um, yeah, like a career change for going back to teaching later on in the year and next year. So I think balance is really important. Yeah, That's a good move, there, going back to the teaching game. Yeah, just feel like I um, can... I don't know, finish work feeling like I've made a bit of a difference compared to my current job. So Just crunching numbers. Yeah, yeah exactly. So then at least if, you know, if running's not going well and you've, you've got a job that you enjoy or you've got something else to take your mind off it, you're not so down in the dumps when things aren't going well. You'll be a shoo-in for that PE teaching job too, won't you? No, I don't know. Don't know? I, I don't know. Really. I haven't, ta- haven't taught for 10 years. Do you want me to what, write you a reference or something? Yeah, and I'm not and I'm not Catholic, and it's a Catholic school, oh. so a few, few few hurdles, but um, yeah, we'll see how we go. Mate, you're talking to the religious education coordinator of a Catholic school. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll give you the principal's number. You can uh, give her a call. Yeah, yeah, I'll give her a call. Put in some words <laughs> of wisdom. We'll be yeah. right. Yeah. So yeah, that's there's some of the main things from me. Yeah, good points. Good, good. Well done. Very well spoken, Brad. Isn't he, Julian? <laughs> Oh, he knows his stuff, mate. I He'll be a good teacher. The wisest I mean, of I'm the three. I'm obviously injured too much. <laughs> talk, be a good talk Catholic, doesn't book, walk the Catholic walk. teacher. Hmm. Yeah. 
Alrighty, Julian, over to you, the wise man. Oh well, mate, I I've been injured half my more probably more than half my career really. So I um I've had to deal with the depression of injury quite uh, quite regularly really, and it, that's what it is. I mean, you stop running, you stop getting your your, your hit of of endorphins or whatever releases when you run that makes you feel good and so you you get depressed you get down you get withdrawals and um that's probably like the the hardest bit i think is dealing with that side of things rather than um like being the injury stuff goes away like not that many people get injured that has them out for that long like it's more about how to deal i think mentally with with missing races so Here's a few, like for what what I did at the start was not the the right way to do it. So these are the mistakes that I made when I got injured, and I've had pretty much every injury you can think of, um, bar a stress fracture, touch wood, and injuries that had me out for a long time. But basically, the mistakes you make when you get injured, uh, firstly, is Google what you've got because that doesn't work and <laughs> too many times that I've googled what I thought I had and did some things for it that either made it worse or that delayed the actual recovery is that's it's it's gone but by the time you do that you're two weeks later away from running healthily again so go and see someone quickly um we I was having a conversation today with a local practitioner and um she was sort. Of, she 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 had a totally different opinion to me about um, how she would treat someone versus how I would like to be treated. So her opinion was, oh well, the athletes like there. It's it's important that the athletes get back um, as quick as possible, and we want to do sort of more aggressive treatments early. And if we need to get scans early because they they don't mind paying for it and this sort of thing and I'm thinking I reckon nearly everyone who comes in our store would prefer to pay for a scan within the first week of them being injured or to get treatment very early than wait four weeks and see what happens running is too important to people um, to to wait that long so I, I think basically walk in to you've got to go and see someone you trust and explain to them how important running is to you and then they'll understand, okay, we got to be really proactive with this injury. This isn't just, oh, it might get better if we rest it. It's like, let's develop a plan early. And let's sort of, when you have a plan in front of you, you can see progress and you know what's happening at every time. The worst sort of possible plan to have, or well, not a plan, is to, to have an infinite amount of rest without a, a, an actual um, like a, I guess a, a structured return to, to running program. So to sit, go, oh, we'll just rest it until you don't feel it anymore or something like that. It's just, it's just not a good headspace to be in when you're, you're living day to day like that. So seeing a practitioner, make sure they understand how much you, how much you love running and how much it means to you um, because a lot of the time, they won't understand that whether you run 10k a week it might mean the world to you that 10k so you have to kind of get that point across pretty early um 
Then the next thing is don't plan events while you're injured. So if you're sitting there with Achilles tendonitis or an ITB issue and you look, you're starting to go through calendars and go, oh, well, this normally takes four weeks to get better. Then I'll have six weeks before this race. All right, cool. I'm going to enter this race. And then you have this like event that you're starting to rush for and you might push things where they shouldn't be pushed in that 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 six weeks coming up to the event and that, that that's that's a risk because you start doing silly things with your training and then the second risk is you have to withdraw from that race and it's another bout of depression because no one likes actually withdrawing from a race or missing something that they had been thinking about for a long time so don't enter races while you're injured and don't really consider like don't don't even think about racing and Think about getting back to running. I think that's pretty important. Um, and then consistency is always like this is the this is the reason I'm not injured now because I stopped trying to go back into 100k weeks when I wasn't a fully fit, and I'd go from bounce around from one injury to another injury to another injury because I was young. My body felt like I could do it. I watched everyone else do it, but it really the body couldn't handle it because it didn't have a good base behind it and you're better like i think you've mentioned something similar brady you want to be getting a lot of good weeks in you don't want two great weeks then a bout of this then come back and jump back up to where you were and have a bout of that and that's it's load management and you're going to get fitter from from stringing Three weeks together of, of consistent training turns into three months, turns into three years, and that's like to me, that's why I'm running well now because I've got three years of, of training without any uh, month-long injuries behind me, and that's I, and that's because I took a sensible approach and tried not to do too much during that three years. They're my that's my my thoughts. Yeah, good stuff. You uh, you stole a couple of mine as well. I should have went before you. So this is why you always come off as the wise one. One, you, <laughs> just, you just go first and just take everyone's good responses. But yeah, on my bit of paper as well, I um, top one I had was stay off Google. So when you get injured, it's so easy to Google it and it just uh, you think you've done this, but you probably haven't. And yeah, we're not doctors and there's so much stuff on the internet these days that you can just get confused and you can get depressed and you can get excited. You can kind of experience every emotion possible because there's going to be on something Google that's going to tell you exactly what you want to see and you can believe that. And there's also going to be a whole stack of things that are going to tell you stuff you don't want to see. So it's really important, I think, to see someone who's got the qualifications and, as Julian said, kind of is going to invest in how important running is to you and I know personally like it's good being in a small community up here and not having to worry about explaining how serious running is to me when I first walk in or worry about you know trying to book in for two weeks time kind of thing and just trying to get in really quick and and see the people that understand sports um, sports injuries I guess my previous physio was or both my my gp and my physio were both triathletes so they're kind of gatorade series level triathletes and they just know running and they know um kind of overuse injuries really well so i kind of trust them 
um, straight away. And yeah, I think getting in there, getting in there real quick is the most important thing and trying to sort things out rather than just going, oh, I'm just going to have a week off and, and see how it goes. As um, as Julian said, but yeah, the experts, they're experts for a reason and they, and they know their stuff. Um, another thing I like to do is just put into perspective. So, you know, it might be a sore knee or a bit of a niggle here and there, but at the end of the day, still pretty fit and healthy and if it is a week you got to miss it could be um could be so much worse could be you know pretty sick or seriously injured and at the end of the day running just is a it is a sport and it's there's more to life than running which is kind of what brad touched on about having a job that fulfills you as well and not having all your eggs in the one basket and being a i guess a bit of a perfectionist around everything has to be going perfectly with running for your life to be going well being prepared that if running's not going well that you've got other things uh in your life that fulfill you and you can yeah tick boxes and be happy but it is uh yeah it's pretty hard to be happy sometimes when you're injured uh, another thing i thought when uh camilla wrote in about how you get the confidence back i find when I come back from an injury, and I've been pretty lucky, I've had a bit of Achilles injury issues in the past, but that probably kept me out for four or five weeks. And my injuries have come with um, overtraining, like hormonal injuries, like not so much um, body break. Well, body is breaking down in a way, but not so much a stress fracture or or muscles, but more the hormones with the overtraining kind of uh, side of things. But I always find if I come back from an injury and I know I'm not fit, I don't like to do sessions that I've done when I have been fit and compare them directly. So like, for example, I might stay away from a mono fart lake because I know that when I run mono fart lake, I'm, you know, probably minimum hitting 6.4K on an okay day, 6.5K if things are going really well. So I intentionally won't do that session because I know if I run 6.2K, that will just depress me even more because I'm not, even though I might be back running, it might... um take a bit of that edge off and kind of annoy me if I'm yeah not hitting those distances so I always make sure I kind of do you know I might still do a 20 minute fart work but I might do it in the opposite order or I might do one minute on one a minute off just to tick the legs over but not have a direct comparison to a session that I regularly do when I'm running well and yeah the last point I had that hasn't been covered yet is kind of give yourself checkpoints so it might be to run twice a week for the next month and then build it up to three times a week for the next month after that rather than and celebrate those checkpoints when you get there and make it sustainable rather than just trying to knock everything out of the ballpark and yeah just get into it too quick like julian said and then you end up injured again and then you backed it down in that hole so it's um yeah that's my kind of i've been very lucky touch wood that i haven't had any major injuries in the last probably i don't know eight or nine years so yeah, probably not the biggest expert on injury, but they're my thoughts. Yeah. Very good. We're, we're all on the good. same page there. Hey, before we go, fellas, you got ten more minutes? Yeah. We just got sure. a few we just got a few questions in. I just put on the Strava tonight, just ask if anyone had any questions because we're we're um we were recording tonight. Got one here from Isaac Hockey. When will Julian take me on in a track five K race? <laughs> oh, no, I could I could got a few answers for that. None that I can write say over this podcast. Um, You'd have him over five k, wouldn't you, Isaac? Well, I've got a faster PB than him, so that's all that counts, really, isn't it? Just burn him early, wouldn't you? You wouldn't want to bear with him with two laps to go; though. he'd be in trouble. Yeah, he's not a strong human. He's a, <laughs> he's quite, he's quite a weak little feebly person. So that's I'd say the longer it goes, the more chance I have. 
Yeah, I should set that up. Are you going to do a 5K time trial before Berlin? No. Just Why show. would I? Yeah, just to how tick, ra- just tick the legs How irrelevant over. is that? Jeez, I've got one on the program for next week. Oh, well, I mean, it's you know, everyone's got different thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. Chris Armstrong, any update on the Ballarat cat dog? Oh, good. <laughs> um, no, I haven't seen it. But, geez, I look out for it a lot. And I really want to see it again. I think I'm going to take my phone with me from now on. <laughs> uh, Chris <laughs> Rancy. We're all holding our breath to hear the latest on Brad Croker. Brad, any final remarks before we finish off this week? Uh, no. So I'll, uh, I'll know more tomorrow lunchtime. Okay. Keep posted. Mm. Scott Stacy, I'd be interested in the discussion on the contrasting approach of you, as in me, and Julian over the last week or two. Namely, that you'll still do a couple of standard sessions in a week, but follow your big marathon-specific session on a Sunday with a big long run on the weekend, and that long run is done at a decent clip rather than Julian's, doesn't say this, but I think maybe soft approach of spacing <laughs> out such hard efforts a bit, bit, a bit more he should have had. Um, Let's if, throw, throw it to Brad, I reckon. Yeah, we kind of touched on it. We've kind of touched on bits of that. What, what are you going to go Brad's opinion on it? Is that what's going to happen? Well, no, like, well, I was yeah. going to make a point that I, I can see the merit in both of your training in that, like, maybe it wasn't the case on the weekend, Brady, because you did run, like, 21K pretty solid. But if your sessions were a little bit shorter, you're sort of stimulating trying to run hard, for, like, when you're tired through, I guess, the hardest, like, more sessions throughout the week, whereas it seems like Julian's trying to, um, get his specific marathon training by being to- like for example Sunday being tired through the first 30k of a run then trying to run so you're both running on heavy legs it's just that you're doing yours through your I guess regular sessions Brady whereas Julian's doing his more in one big one block so mm. you know there's more than one way to skin a cat so yeah. we'll, um, I guess we'll know in six weeks time won't we but, but <laughs> yeah. But both both of your um both of your sessions and your approaches are much better than mine at the moment. So yeah. <laughs> keep it up. Do you think they are that contrasting though, Julian? Um, I think we have the same uh, concepts in mind. Um, I'm just not sure that I see the like. For me, you're you're probably not um, prioritizing recovery as much as I am. So I've, I've run into this trap where I've cooked myself doing this, this style of training with big sessions and I've, I've gone too hard in between the sessions and it's, it's ruined me. So I've, I've, I've played it your way and it, for some guys like, that are resilient might work really well, but for me, like, I fell into a trap with, with doing these massive sessions and then trying to back it up with, with some medium sessions. Like these sessions are massive and they have to be treated as such. Mm. Um, so, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess my one my one comment on, and we spoke about this the other, I think last week, Brady, where your coach had the, I think it was your coach said that if you do Saturday well, you can't do Sunday well. Yeah. Whereas you've, you've sort of proven that wrong this last week because you've obviously had a you know, awesome Saturday but then I wouldn't say Sunday was was a jog in was a jog in the park. It was solid. Mm. So you've sort of done two 
you know, two pretty big runs on that one weekend. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I don't know, Sunday, I kind of touched on it before, but it's still, although on paper it looks quick, like, I don't know, the heart rate was pretty similar to last week, but yeah, effort-wise, it felt like one of those days I was just running on a cloud and I was just out in the forest and just jogging around like it, yeah, probably on paper it looks faster than it was, but, um, which is a good sign on my behalf, like, I'm glad to kind of sit back and think that 357s is pretty cruisy. But I think going back to like Scott's question as well, that uh, see, I wouldn't, I don't know about that. You know, I guess that 16k into 5k is starting to get a bit. I wouldn't say that's a big marathon specific session. Like it's still, you know, over in an hour and ten minutes. Like I think, yeah, there's there's a lot of we're still going to go up from there. And I yeah, I haven't looked ahead in your program, Julian, but I'm sure you're going to bang some some big ones out as well. Um, you know, getting close to kind of 25k. Uh, yeah, I'm going to write my program tonight, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's so... a joke. But um, <laughs> what, joke. I was, what I was about to say was, you know that 16K at marathon pace yeah. into into 5K? I, I schedule those 16K at marathon pace as workouts. And I know that some of the people that I coach, and even myself included, have found that, found that pretty challenging. So for you to do that session and then kick down – 5k down to your threshold that is a very good session um and it's on the bigger side of things so it's Mm. good yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. and i think um i probably when i prepared for berlin last year i'd probably do i I did do kind of weeks of this in week in week out for kind of 10 10 weeks in a row whereas i guess now because i'm having every third week like softer i can um i don't know i think that's probably yeah, give me a bit of space to recover. Like I know you said before, I'm not really recovering between the sessions. Well, I am recovering between the sessions because I'm backing up and doing them well, but I'm not sure how long I could do that for week in, week out. So it's good to have that week recovery now to be able to freshen up and then build again for another two weeks because, yeah, my purpose for the next six days is just to jog around, put a few strides in for a bit of speed, and, yeah, that's really it, and get ready to hit my next little mini cycle. Whereas you're going to roll straight back into things this week, yeah? Like this would be your big week? Um, yes, yeah. correct. So, so that's probably where we're definitely contrasting that there might be times where it looks like I'm doing more than you, but then you'll be doing more than me. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I'm going to stick with the same structure though, two workouts a week. Um, so that'll be the same going in. It's just that um, I'll just do more volume in between the workouts basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's like this stuff can start to confuse you, but it's like for me, I've got full, probably the way I've watched it work over the last six weeks. When we first sat down and worked out this plan for Berlin, I was probably a bit apprehensive and a bit unsure of some of it, especially having this every third week off about if it would work for me. But just, yeah, I've got true faith in my coach. And I think you have to. There's no point having a coach if you don't have – 100% 100% faith and trust that the program they're giving you is uh, suiting you down to a T. And just, you know, for me to run 202K last week and do those sessions and even just have the energy that I've had just in general kind of day-to-day life, I'm thinking it's definitely it's definitely working for me. And fingers crossed it, yeah, it works for me on race day as well. Yeah, I'm, 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 like, I'm not critical of your program at all. We all have different things and we all have different thoughts. And I certainly don't, I, like... 
My way is not the answer, that's for sure. Oh, no, so. and I think it's actually good that we're doing like three completely separate programs to be able to have these discussions. Like it'd be boring if we just got on every week <laughs> and said, yeah, we all did Monofart like Thursday and 1K reps Tuesday and a long run Sunday. Like it's, this is good content. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. John Higgins has written in, final question, I think. Any of you boys know any tradies that can run decent marathon times? I'm a brickie and would love to know if there's any lads on the tools still smashing some decent mileage out of work. Well, Skillsy. Um, Jason Dalton, who I train with, he's a chippy as well. And he, he runs consistent. Well, he's been injured for a little bit, but consistently about 160K a week. Um, and he ran two, he's run about 232, I think. Uh, but I, I was a, a tradesman for about maybe three or four years um, with my dad. He was a builder. I was just a labourer, and I was going. I was working sort of full time as a labourer for a long time, and that, that I ended up like in order to take my running seriously, I kind of had to get away from that because it wasn't real really conducive to good to good training. That's for sure. There's some tough guys out there that do it though. It is a hard slog. To um to be physical all day and then to go and train, geez, that's that's tough. What about Nate Hardy and he's a chippy electrician, isn't he? Oh, that's true. I forget about him. I'm not. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he does do some freaking massive hours too, and he runs like he'll get home and run at nine p.m. and by himself in the dark and do huge mileage. So yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of kudos to Nate. Yeah, hats off to him. Brad, you know anyone for John? Uh, yeah, there's a guy in Canberra, Michael Daly. Um, he's a chippy as well. And he, in the lead up to Gold Coast, was um, getting up. He got over 200K a week, uh, like, which is amazing. He was um, he was running at 3 in the morning, some mornings, for his Wednesday run. Three or, three or four. I, actually, I think he started in the threes. Three? Um, yeah, three-something. Wow. Or, or just on the strike of four o'clock, um, and he ran two thirty at the Gold Coast. So, oh, good on him. Um, Actually, I have to shout out Daniel Hutchinson. He's a Sparky, and he, um, him and his partner Michelle, they run very early, and he's run some high mileage off that stuff too. So, yeah, and and good supporters of Tell Me Your Tales. Those guys, they uh, they tune in every week. Yeah, right. That's good. Yeah, it's always good to give some loyal listeners a plug. And someone, uh, Ross did write in saying that John Dutton was a previous guest. I don't know, he was a plasterer by trade and was doing fairly high mileage as a marathon runner. So uh, thanks to Ross for answering that question as well. That's all we've got, fellas. Anything to leave me with? Go, uh, go, Brad. Thanks, uh, thanks for the therapy session, boys. I'll no pay worries, you. Uh, send, send me through your invoice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, We'll get another. We'll get another hashtag trending for like, good luck, Brad, or something. I like pray for Brad. Pray for Brad. Pray yeah. for Brad. It was, wasn't that hashtag take a week off, Brad? Yeah. Now he's taking yeah. a week off. Now it's pray for Brad. There's people. Uh, like, hopefully, um, yeah. Hopefully, I'll be. Well, hopefully, I'll run more kilometers this week than I did last. So last week was nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. <laughs> yeah. A bit different. Um, yeah, there's a couple of people invested. I was talking to a lady at work, Maddie, and she was saying that she doesn't even know who you are, Brad, but she's just hanging on her seat, just like so invested in hoping that you're all right and stuff. So she sends her regards as well. 
Thank you. That's she, very, uh, very kind. She's a good Catholic school teacher as well. You want another reference? She can write you another yeah. one. We'll get you two. <laughs> I think, as I said before, Viv's the one that deserves a medal this week. My bitching and moaning and tossing and turning at night going, I can't sleep, Viv. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. good. All right. All right, boys. Chat, boys. Good on you, fellas. Yeah. See you next time. Yeah. All right. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.